Hello, hello. Welcome to Food Complex, the number one food podcast in the world. The place where we get food, culture, background of any dish that you like. My name's Marco. I'm Andrew. <laughs> uh, let's jump into that intro music. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Food Complex. We're actually joined today uh, by a very special guest, um, my fiance, Sarah Bowling. Say hi. Hi. We're sharing. <laughs> we're poor, so we share one mic. So you'll see uh, us drifting in and out of the same headphone. I have my own mic, so I'm fine. I'm, I'm enjoying my space over here. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what, what brings you on to this week's podcast, Sarah? Well, you know, I was just sitting, eating some Popeye's chicken with the boys, and uh, Andrew really liked the way I ate the chicken, so he invited me on tonight. That sounds really weird. Yeah, that's how you, that's, <laughs> you that's made that sound weird, Sarah. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. But we're happy to have her. We wanted uh, some more input on today's special dish, which is actually, like she said, fried chicken. I am so excited for Brought this. Brought to you by Andrew. I'm so excited for this. I know I already said that. It is... What, by far one of my favorite dishes. And I know I said that about hot dogs. I know I said that about <laughs> Amitruciana. But this, I love fried chicken. I'm excited because I'm not a big fried chicken eater, even though I love it. I just don't participate. Why are you giving me that look? I don't know. You can't be a big fan if you don't partake. <laughs> I just, I love it. Like, if I, when I eat it, I enjoy. Do you? Because <laughs> you. Guys, Marco just had Popeye's yes. fried chicken for the first time today. Okay, Popeye's has been around for a long time. All right, I'm 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 a little sheltered. I grew up drink, eating KFC. I mean, we'll talk about this later. But I grew up eating KFC. Uh, never. I mean, Popeye's came out what? I didn't look into the, yeah, what year. It came not out, that long I, ago. But I did look into the KFC chain. Yeah, and its beginnings. Yes. So it's not was, a savory one, I'll was, tell you that. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. <laughs> not from that logo. I would not think so. <laughs> um anyways, let's jump in normally like we usually do. Andrew, what'd you get into this week? Food I got wise. into so much shenanigans this week. Um the food I enjoyed eating the most, it's at a new restaurant in West Hollywood called DD. It mm-hmm. is the head chef is an Instagram influencer. I know you guys might be shaking your heads right now, but she means a lot to me um, because as a Vietnamese American, there's not really a lot of culture that's being shown mm. about my, my culture here with food. I mean, most people know it just bun me, but with her, she's introducing Vietnamese dishes at an elevated level where, you know, in West Hollywood, it's you see you mostly steakhouses, you see... Italian places, but seeing a Vietnamese dish along the Sunset uh, Boulevard is like, it really touched my heart. I almost damn near cried being at the restaurant. Damn. Everything about it was amazing. Fine but, fine dining or was it like um, just normal? Fine dining. Oh, wow. It was, well, it's not fine dining where you think of like, you know, steakhouses, but it is at fine dining prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really, really cool. Um, my favorite dish there was the crispy Hanan chicken. Ooh. And, you know, it so happened to be a fried chicken as well. It's a, I believe, a chicken thigh cutlet that's been deep fried twice, served over a bed of rice, and it was, oh my God, I could hear, so I could hear your, like, mouth salivating as you're talking. <laughs> it is so, it is so good. <laughs> like, it was 
even we brought home leftovers the next day it was still crunchy really crispity crunchity delicious <laughs> did you did you say crispity crispity wow shout out to tway right Sha- yes exactly thank you sarah for knowing that <laughs> the shahed chef tway de bay that is her instagram handle she the first time she had a pop-up in west hollywood i i met her and i talked to her and i, I cried because mm. i was like I've never been reminded of home and like wanted to connect to my culture so much that year. And she kind of like triggered that into me. So wow, is it? You can say she's my inspiration for this podcast. To be honest. Oh wow, mm. wow. Is it DD as in D E D I D I in Vietnamese that translates to "Let's go, let's go." Oh, which I really appreciate their website's DD Let's Go. Wow, it's really cool. That's cool. I really want to go back. No, we should. You should yeah. take us. I'm, t- I'm, I'm coming. They had a cocktail. Oh, sorry, I know I'm going into a lot more mm-hmm. than I should. <laughs> the cocktail that was inspired. I know that it wasn't mentioned in the menu, but I could tell it was inspired by the banh mi dish. It was like a savory martini. It was so good. Mm. Wow. So good. What did you get into, Marco? <laughs> um, actually, well, I wanted to say I, uh, right now I'm currently drinking Andrew's uh, sweet tea old fashioned. Yes. Is that correct? Um, that is correct. He made like a uh, tea, oh a, sweet, a sweet tea simple syrup. Sweet, see, that was, I was looking for that word, simple syrup. So if I if I start slurring like I am right now, it's because he keeps getting me drunk before these podcasts, and he just doesn't want me to do well in life. But that's <laughs> I'm, just I'm what, trying to get him to enjoy life. Yeah, he wants me to get enjoyed. But anyways, I just got back from um, Kauai, uh, Leonard. <laughs> the 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 city of the island of Kauai, uh, and um, I was on a vacation for a week, and I'm super tan and sexy looking. So I almost um, didn't recognize him when I saw him. Yeah, um, but the dish that I ate there because there's not we'll get into it another time. I want to talk about Hawaiian dishes another day, but um, the dish I had there was a bulgogi, which is actually a Korean dish with um, like sliced uh, sirloin or ribeye put on top of rice with uh, carrots and um, uh, uh, seaweed uh, trimmings. What is that called? Nori. Nori. Kimchi. Um, kimchi. Uh, it was delicious. And I have notes here, but I was going to read them, but all they say are good, spicy, and sweet. So there's not, went, they're not <laughs> You went to Hawaii and got a Korean dish that you've never yes. had before. Rice, carrots, egg, kimchi, pork, Chili oil and soy sauce. This just shows the melting pot of America yes, right now. Yes, I mean, and it's funny because just before this pot, I was looking it up, what kind of dish bulgogi was. I've had it only once before, and it's actually a dish that me and Sarah made. Um, Wait, didn't you guys go to, uh, what's this, the street taco place? Oh, uh, fucking Roy Choi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, Korean yeah. barbecue. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's bulgogi. Yeah. That's no, his, no. That's in his but I'm sure Marco tacos. made us get just like a ground beef taco or yeah. something. Okay, relax. <laughs> that's not true. Anyways, it was delicious. Yeah, it was, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was sweet. It was spicy. It was the best dish I've had in Hawaii. Um, it was just incredible. I mean, there's so many flavors uh, in there. Like like you said, it makes you want to cry. I didn't cry because I'm not a little bitch. <laughs> I'm a liberated man. I know it's okay to cry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was delicious. I almost cried. It was just that good because I hadn't eaten any um, delicious food in Hawaii for or Kauai for at least five days. And you know, you know me. Was, I love I'm, food. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And one day we'll cover bulgogi, but not right, not today. What about you, Sarah? What'd you eat? Well, guys, uh, I was also happened to be in Kauai. Uh, coincidence. 
and I would say my favorite. Did you run into Marco while you were there too? You know, I unfortunately ran into him every day when I woke up, when I went to bed. <laughs> and 13 other Italians Hell yeah. that also have the last name Randazzo. <laughs> Um, but my favorite thing on the trip was this, <laughs> was the, uh, Spam Musubi. Ooh, Is that how you pronounce it? Musubi, yeah. Musubi? Yeah. We were talking about this, uh, on the walk this, um, this afternoon. Yeah, go ahead. It What'd was, you think? um, so yeah, no, the Spam Musubi was my favorite out of all seven days. Uh, we had it on the beach. It's wrapped up what is in... It? Yeah. It's seaweed. It's basically like a sushi roll. It has seaweed, rice. It has a little bit of soy sauce in it and then spam in the middle. Yeah. Wrapped up in saran wrap and it's warm. But then when you unwrap it, it's somehow not It's not hot. Not hot. It's, it's interesting that flavor too. It's because, so good. Because it's like you're eating, you know, it's spam. And the whole time I kept asking, is this fish? Is this fish? Because the seaweed delivers such like a pungent it's very fragrant, fragrant. smell and flavor. Not in a bad way. It's just like... Uh, an incredible, like, sensation in your mouth, honestly. Was this the first time you've had Spam Masubi? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, we had it once on the beach. We went and got it again. Yeah. And then I happened to throw up after dinner that night. Okay. I don't know if it's related or not, <laughs> but it was worth it. As of today, <laughs> recording, though, two days before was Spam Masubi, National Spam, Spam Masubi Day. Oh, wow. Oh, that's when we had it. Two days before? On we eight, had it on eight, eight, Monday. Eight. No, it was on... Eight, eight. Oh. that's tuesday oh well dang tuesday um it was delicious and cheap which is insane mm-hmm. it was like 350 mm-hmm. sarah paid obviously <laughs> she's a sugar mama Aruga. <laughs> anyways so that's what we enjoyed but today we're gonna enjoy another dish that andrew is going to present to us fried chicken as we talked about yes i'm so excited fried i'm excited chicken. again i'm excited i love fried chicken uh, I know our viewers probably love fried chicken. It's, uh, you know, eaten a lot. A lot of people eat it. A lot of people use it in multiple dishes, different types of it. So, Andrew, I leave you the floor. You leave me the floor. Thank you. Is that how you say that saying? I leave you the floor? That sounds weird. That does sound weird. I don't, I don't <laughs> I think, think that's, that's a right. phrase. Yeah. I leave you. What would that mean? Don't leave me. I leave you the floor. No, I think that's a good acting thing. I leave you the floor. Oh, I'm not an actor. I'm well, sorry. No. This is Acting! <laughs> <laughs> well, this week is fried chicken. And so there are so many different varieties of fried chicken out there. There's the Japanese karage. There's the uh, Korean fried chicken. Today, I just want to be known, we're going to talk about southern fried chicken specifically. Oh, hell yeah. Stick to America, my guy. <laughs> just for today. <laughs> um and what is fried chicken? It's pretty much chicken coated in some sort of batter or crust and fried. It doesn't matter how it's fried as long as it's fried. Mm. That's fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, so that chicken parmesan, that's fried chicken. Yep. That's under there. Yep. Which which is what I was going to have for dinner tonight. I was going to make not chicken parmesan, but I was going to make chicken cutlets that are an Italian, in my opinion, Italian fried chicken. Because yes, it's breaded chicken. I gave him the true southern he gave experience. Me some good Popeyes. Although we should get some southern fried chicken soon. It's pretty, pretty good. Mm. It's, what do you mean? How do we get that? Find a restaurant that's southern <laughs> fried chicken. <laughs> simple, simple answer. Go down south. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun fact: July sixth is National Fried Chicken Day. That was last month. Wow. Two days after Independence Day. The national holiday. How do you celebrate? How did I celebrate? I, I sampled a lot of fried chicken. Mm. I eat Respect. so many different ones. Honestly, I 
just a quick sidebar. I've had I've had fried chicken from a variety of places. This is my fast food ranking. Let me know if you guys agree oh, or if you guys disagree. We love these. The audience loves these. KFC is at the bottom. Oh, it's 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 fried chicken standard. It's pretty. Yeah. It's it's okay. Yeah, I'd agree. Jolly Bee comes up next. Never had it. Oh, I'm gonna have to show that. <laughs> Church's chicken comes next. Mm. We have one down down the street. Hmm. And then my favorite is Popeyes, just because wow. Popeyes bring that flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean honestly, eating this for the first time, the first thing I said was, "Wow, it's so uh, tasteful yet juicy and succulent in the middle." It was oh so good. I love the spices. And I, think- I, and I grew up eating KFC, and like I thought KFC was the only answer to life regarding fried chicken, and I was so very wrong. Did you know, <laughs> traditionally, fried chicken was made with lard? Really? I always thought it was made with some kind of cooking oil. Yeah. Lard. Lard. Large. And not butter. No. Because butter would burn. Mm-hmm. Right? At a high temperature. I'm not a chef. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Because that's why you don't like... That's how you brown butter, right? You burn, It's burning butter. Oh, yeah. You're, le- you're letting that butter cook yeah, out yeah. So for you, a little longer. So that means that lard can withstand higher heat. I don't care how it's made. <laughs> I just want to try fried chicken with lard. Yeah. Well, I bet you it has better flavor, too. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yes, it probably has much... It's probably got... It's much more flavorful than, you know, traditional oil. Is it, what, What's what, lard again? I believe it's animal fat. It's like a type of... It it's a it's fat. a type of butter that was used because it was a cheaper alternative to actual butter. It is a semi-solid white fat obtained from rendering the fatty tissue of a pig. Ooh. So, Marco... <laughs> Damn. That's fucked. That's not for the pod. She ain't coming back. <laughs> she ain't coming back. Um, when, when, uh, I'm not maybe skipping ahead, when did fried chicken, southern fried chicken, come to be? Hold your horses. Oh, Marco. I'm sorry. I'm holding. Hey, hey. Hold your horses. I have so much to get into before okay. jumping into I was just history. excited for the lard part. I wanted to know why we lard. We love lard. There are three different techniques for cooking fried chicken. All right, let's hear them. There's pan frying it, where mm-hmm. the chicken's not fully immersed in the oil. Mm-hmm. The oil gets a certain temperature, and as you drop the chicken pieces, in, the temperature will drop. Mm. And so there's been ongoing debate whether to constantly turn the chicken or only turn when necessary. And what they do with that, and once they finish all the chicken, they use that oil and that fat that's been cooking in, making a gravy out of that. Oh, wow. Which, dog, sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. A roux, as they say. In the cooking world. Do they say that? No. I don't know if it's specifically that, but I know they make a thing a, called roux. A roux helps thicken a gravy. Yes. And so I'm wondering if that is a uh, part of a roux creation. I think it's post-roux. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us two non-chefs talking well, about Well, okay. That. Wait, I do have something to add, though. The, the, the thing that you were saying about constantly flipping the chicken over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the way you cook this chicken cutlet that I would have cooked tonight. Is you just do it in a, a shallow? Um, yeah, it sounds like uh, you're pan frying it. Oil, yes. Mm-hmm. But the reason why you don't f- constantly flip is because you end up drying the meat out in the mm. middle. So that's probably why you try to keep it a, as a minimal flips mm. um, as you can. I think with a cutlet, yes. This is where you and I might might differ in thought. But when you're using, you're cooking like chicken pieces with mm-hmm. like the bone in. Mm-hmm. You want to constantly rotate it because you want to cook 
make sure it's evenly cooked. Uh, evenly cooked. Yeah, that's a but, good point. But again, it, it, I think it's up to the, the user or yeah. the chef that's cooking it. Yeah. Um, the second method is deep frying, which is tradi- I mean, what we all traditionally know with fast food. You just throw in a vat of oil, uh, and, and it comes out nice, crispy, delicious. GBD, golden brown delicious, as my best friend Guy Fieri would like to say. Wow. And what people refer to me as. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> She's the humor of this episode, she, huh? She comes back from Hawaii, all tan, and she thinks she's GBD over here. Uh, man. Um, we got to get Guy Fieri on this pod. No, I want Alton Brown first. Oh, I cannot geez. say it enough. I, I'm rolling out. I really want Alton Brown first. One day. Anyways, continue. Uh, third, The third method? The third method is broasting, which is just oh. a pressure cooker method where you, it's in a vat of oil, and then you put the chicken in, and you seal it. And the pressure just builds up in there, uh-huh. and it, it's just a constant rotation of. Uh, and it does it get it gets fried. It gets fried. Hmm. So delicious! It's juicy and it stores all that. Mm. And that's called broasting. Broasting, you know, when a bro roasts. Yeah, I was no, I thought you were making a joke. No, but that's literally what it's called. Yeah, uh, it's, interesting. And, and as I mentioned at the top of the pod here, that there's so many varieties of fried chicken, um, and when. When I mean when I say fried chicken, I'm assuming most of you guys thought of the traditional southern fried chicken, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much out there. There's, as I mentioned, Central America. There's pollo frito, which is uh, with a citrus marinade. It's fried chicken served with plantains, a squeeze of lime, yellow rice, and beans. Mm. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Sounds so I want to try that. Wow, I'm salivating. <laughs> I know. I, I know. We all of us just had dinner. I'm still salivating. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In Indonesia, they have something called ayam goreng. It's not breaded, but coated in spices before frying. Hmm. And it uh, usually consists of combination of ground shallot, garlic, and Indian bay leaves, turmeric, lemongrass, tamarind juice, wow. candy nut, galagal, and sugar and salt. Damn. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I bet that sounds... That tastes... I mean, if you were on the low-carb diet, that sounds pretty yeah. good. I was going to ask, do you know of any Vietnamese fried chicken? Yes, I do. <laughs> and did they have it at DD? Yes, they oh, did. Wow. Um, a, a good, this is only for the local folk who are in Southern California and going to Long Beach, um, the Bamboo Club. Yes. They serve, uh, their laka wings is like a, a riff on the Vietnamese wings. Wow. It's uh, coated in fish sauce. They toss mm. it in fish sauce right after. Sounds disgusting. No, I love I fish promise sauce. you. Fish sauce is strong, but man, they, they they balance it out with the garlic, and it's so good. That sounds great. I didn't even know Bamboo Club had food. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we went. We had dinner there once. They have lunch specials. Oh. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I had we had lunch the other day, and I like didn't have food for the rest of the day. I have so much, <laughs> so much food. Uh, in Korea, I mean, there's everyone... I'm sure everyone knows, but I like to call Korean fried chicken the other KFC... Uh, it's seasoned a whole chicken and it's twice fried. Ooh. Yeah. It makes it crispier and less greasy. Mm-hmm. And it that crunch, oh, yeah. I live for the crunch. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. If you could get crunch that, if you can get that crunch and like Popeyes has, which obviously we just had it, with that like moist inside, it's mm-hmm. like the perfect bite. Um, and the the another variation that I really like to want to give a shout out to is Japanese fried chicken, the karage. Mm. It's uh. Japanese cooking method that is used on other meats as well and 
Uh, it's used on fish as well. Lightly coated with flour or potatoes or cornstarch, and it's so good. Is you might not know this, but do you know what katsu is? I do know what katsu okay, is. Okay, but it, why did you not? Is that Japanese? I is that a Japanese fried chicken? Is what I mean. I don't know if it's Japanese. I've had it in Hawaiian barbecues, but I believe it might be Japanese. Yeah, yeah, uh, it I mean, is. I haven't researched it. But it, but why is I'm wondering the, what you just said that the Japanese you said what's the difference between? I think the karage is more like. Uh, in metaphor terms, it's more like the popcorn chicken. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ka- and the katsu is more like yeah. the, your your yes, your the cutlet. chicken cutlet. Yes, yeah. yep, you're right. Because the the karage is all it's the bits and pieces all cut up and soaked in seasoning. Where the cut the katsu is more like a cutlet. You serve it uh, either with curry or with uh, teriyaki sauce. Dang, this guy's just guy's on the money. He just described perfectly what the difference is. He does his way around a chicken. Yeah, I love food. Wow. I love food. I'm telling you, I love the way it smells. I love cooking. I love just food. Yes, yes. I feel like I could smell it as you're talking about it. Good. That's my breath. Shakadoodle do. I love squeezing a little lemon over the karage too. Oh my God. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never had Citrus it, but it sounds, yes. sounds delicious. To really cut that rich fattiness of the, the chicken. Yes. Well, it's funny too, because we, we go to you know Japanese restaurants and we just opt out into sushi and we never try the fried aspect of it all. Mm. You know, you're missing. You're missing out, man. Yeah, you should try the tempura. No, we do. We do. Yeah, we do. We have. I, guys, I just don't like my. I don't like warm fish. Like warm sushi. I like to keep it cold. Damn, what kind of, what kind of place <laughs> you guys getting uh, tempura? Tempura sushi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about tempura veggies. Yes. yes. Uh, well, that's. I guess or, yeah, or that's the, true. Well, the I, I was thinking shrimp. Yeah. Oh, you don't like shrimp like deep fried? I'll eat it, but I just want my stuff cold. You know. Oh damn! No, okay, yes, yes. What, 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 Mark? Why are you making a face? I don't know. I just do they put tempura batter the, the, on chicken? The tempura they can. That's a good idea. No, the tempura that we get, the Japanese like the fried uh, sushi that we get. I don't know if it's even fried, but it's delicious and it's my favorite. And she never wants to order it. Oh, I'm sorry. A, it's just a personal. What mama wants, mama gets. It's just a personal hatred. Invite me out next time, and I'll, I'll get some tempura sushi with you. Anyways, continue. Sorry, we yes. distract you a lot. Let us get into the origins now. This is what you've been wanting yes. to get into. Yes, everyone's been asking. It's a little complicated. The origins of where the fried chicken came from. It's from my research. I and I like looked deep and like far for this. Roughly around 1730, so before America was even established, fried chicken was around. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's kind of hard to determine, like, where, where to pinpoint yeah. where, because obviously none of us were alive around there. Yeah. But it's estimated that it was Scottish settlers who brought it over. From where? From Scotland. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, they Scottish brought- settlers. <laughs> Hey, he's a Jane. Those those two uh, two old fashions getting you, Mark. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm just con- they, so, so they brought it to to America. Yeah, obviously. Scottish settlers brought. But where do these idiots? Jeez. Damn, man. What do you got against Scottish people? Yeah, they ain't no, they're not making good fried chicken. Well, yes, because this is what I was gonna yes. bring up. Their fried chicken originally was brought over. It was fried chicken unseasoned. Yes. Which sounds like Marco's household. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, bring out the broaster over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fried chicken was invented, um, credited to the, the Scottish settlers, unseasoned though. Okay. It wasn't until, I mean, surprise, surprise, West African slaves were brought over mm. and would incorporate spices to the chicken because they were like, this mm. is this is just 
this needs spices. Yeah. So then, so that's my question to you: is that is that African spices they're using, or are they using spices they find in America? I'm assuming it's African spices. Yes. Okay, that's what I think. Um, as well. And it was kind of you know kind of the crux of this whole po- like concept of this podcast is like the culture of food and why we think certain things. And I think this is the very roots of why we start thinking black people are associated with fried chicken so often. Mm-hmm. It's because they were cooking it as slaves for their white uh, masters. Yeah. Not only cooking it, making it better than these Scottish. Um, and it's just a lot of, you know, in my notes here, some racist ass bullshit okay. that, that would happen. Yeah. Um, because why do we always think uh, black people and fried chicken? That's something we'll, we'll jump into a little later, but... Um, Slaves weren't allowed to raise large animals on their own. They mm-hmm. weren't allowed to keep, you know, the cattle or horses. What they were allowed to keep and have were the smaller livestock, so yeah. chicken. Yeah. That's what their livelihood were. Mm-hmm. Slaves raised chickens but didn't really eat them all the time. They kind of just used them as alarm clocks or even uh, security alarms around their uh, living quarters. Yeah. And so it's... It was kind of precious for them, so they didn't eat them all the time. There was kind of like a necessity for them to have. Jumping forward a little bit into like roughly the 1800s, they didn't have much for themselves, and so they would sell or exchange fried chicken for other items. They would kind of barter with fried chicken. Mm. Um, And, you know, it wasn't documented what they traded them for, but it was kind of, it sounded like a variety of things. Uh, One of the biggest and most documented things are the Gordonsville, Virginia train station waiter carriers. What these were, were black women who would serve, allegedly at the time, world's best fried chickens. What they would do, they would, this is why we serve chicken and fried chicken in buckets. They would carry fried chicken in buckets and would just barter with them at this train station, give it to these travelers in, in exchange for money, goods, services, or whatever. Um, and so in the 1800s, it became known as the fried chicken capital of the world. Again, this is Gordonsville, Virginia. Oh, wow. And so as trains were, you know, this is a big train station. At the time, there's, you know, obviously no McDonald's, no fast food. So this is their way of getting food fast and getting it to them uh, and serving it in buckets. And so that's the, the kind of like the origins of where like fried chicken is like on the go food. Wow. Uh, there were no dining cards at these times. And. You know, African American women saw it as an opportunity. You know, they're they were like, you know what, we can we can make some money off of this. Mm-hmm. And because they had to transport food a long way to get to the station, they developed a reputation for their culinary skills. Uh, this came from uh, Syke Williams Forson. She's an associate uh, professor of American Studies at the University of Maryland. Uh, she she did a lot of studying on uh, the waiter carriers at at the time. Some people would purposely extend their trips just so they can go through Gordonsville. Because that fried chicken was that damn good. And so is it people, maybe you don't know, but is it all kinds of people going through? Or is it just strictly white people? Or is it both? I'm assuming mostly white people because at the time I don't believe there were many... Freed slaves. Yeah. People of color who are freely able to uh, travel to train stations. Gotcha. So I think this is for mostly white people. Interesting. Um. The waiter carries of Gordonsville, fried chicken became an avenue of economic empowerment, especially after the Civil War. Uh, the title of William Ford's, Ford, since the person that I just mentioned, uh, University of America, Maryland, 2006 book, Building Houses Out of Chicken Legs, Black Women, Food, and Power, is a nod to this entrepreneurial legacy. 
A Bella Winston, an 80-year-old former waiter carrier, learned of the trade from her mother and told the local newspaper in 1970 that my mother paid for this place with chicken legs. Wow. That is crazy that yeah. her mom was able to afford a house at the time just, just fried selling chicken. fried chicken. Wow. wow. And, you know, seeing this happen, it's kind of like inspiration. You know, like, wow, they, they really saw an opportunity. They took advantage of it and they were selling fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, waiter carries disappeared in the first half of the 20th century as dining cars were added to trains and government regulations track, or cracked down on uh, side food vendors. Um is this a political thing? I think it may be, you know, you know, trying to shut down, you know, food vendors, food vendors or giving opportunity to women of color. Mm-hmm. They kind of like added dining cars and added some food regulations. I, although I do get it there. Most of the food may not have been safe or what have you, but mm-hmm. I think this is just their way of like finding a loophole. Stealing more it. power. Yeah. Control over people. Interesting. That's the case today, too, with food vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a license and all that. And so more... A lot more uh, hoops to jump through. Yeah, more disenfranchised individuals have a harder time of uh, jumping through those hoops. Exactly. To sell their food. And so I think this is just their way of doing that mm. um, through justification of you know food safety, which, again, understandable. Yeah. Uh, although fried chicken was first introduced in the early 1700s it wasn't until 1825 that fried chicken was introduced in an actual cookbook it was called the virginia housewife or methodical cook by mary randolph very very weird that it was a white woman that I, was, published I, was this gonna, recipe. I was just gonna ask <laughs> very weird i was gonna ask know, is that a white person name or that is mary, that's mary randolph is a white person wow, name to publish that recipe and yes i know this episode seems like I'm being very on about, you know, people of color versus whites, but that's exactly what this is though. Fried chicken is a food of, of the people of color. Yeah. yeah. They they were the first ones to be really, you know, own it and really hold on to that that legacy, even mm-hmm. though Scottish settlers were the ones who brought it over. I mean, yeah, they just they're the ones that perfected it. Yeah. Fried chicken didn't become particularly popular in northern uh, United States until the late 19th century. So like 1890 and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. It was, Why? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I can go back in time and try to ask for you, but <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> um, you ready to jump into some culture? Please. Um, so as, again, we keep bringing up, black people are associated with fried chicken. Yeah. It started very early on. Not with just the slaves cooking it and the slaves taking care of the chicken, but black men were caricatured to be stealing chickens, and it was racially charged image. You know, blackface kind of imagery. Yeah. Um, back back in the day of stealing chickens, imagery where slaves would steal and broil chickens secretly at night, hmm. and this was just a th- an imagery that was just constantly repeated uh, throughout history. Well, it's, it's it's and it kind of like calls back to your ban me episode a little bit about uh one um power controlling the narrative of another Mm -hmm. um group of people but in like a negative tone right and you Mm -hmm. talked about how like the only only meat that slaves were able to access or or had access to was chicken Mm -hmm. and then to make that a mockery exactly is like a, a an oppressive um 
maneuver, right, to change the rhetoric of of this person's food, this person's um, identity, identity to make yeah. it humorous or or scary or it's really interesting. Yeah, and you know, I find it very interesting that was they a lot of them like corporate America kind of commercialized this kind of image in the first half of the 20th century. There was a restaurant uh, called Sambo's. Sambo is a derogatory term for black people. Oh, jeez. This restaurant, when do you think guys when do you think this restaurant closed its doors? In- I mean, knowing 94. Yeah, 1994. 2020. Jeez. Really? It, was it closed because of that or because of COVID? Yeah, I was going to say. It was closed after George Floyd. Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Santa Barbara had 12 locations. Wow. Oh they filed for bankruptcy and... Oh, this one This one was closed early. Coon Chicken Inn. Jesus. 1957. Jesus. But, like, the fact that that was around... Yeah. That, like, speaks to the power of racism and, like, yeah. the imagery, like, you know, of, of fried chicken and how it was, like, deeply ingrained in our culture here. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know a movie called Birth of a Nation? <laughs> yes, I've heard of it. There's a poster, actually, at Chapman University for it. Uh, uh, Marco, Sarah hasn't heard of it. Can you... Do you mind explaining to her what Birth of a Nation is? Uh, I can't give the synopsis, but it's a, basically a, a very racist movie from the early 19... 1915. 1915. Um, just, just depicting uh, very racist innuendos and... I'll help you here. Imagery. It's the founding of the KKK. Yeah, the founding of the KKK. There's a lot of blackface. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. There's a lot of blackface. There's just horrible imagery and... Um, it was played at the White House. Yes. Yikes. Yes. Uh, one of the, I think it was one of the top grossing films for a while, actually. Yes, it was. <laughs> It's a three-hour movie. Wow. There is one scene. A group of actors are portraying shiftless black elected officials acting rowdy and crudely in a legislative hall. The message is like, was kind of showing like the dangers of letting black people vote. If you let black people vote, you're going to get some lazy, uh, you know, carefree representatives for you. Some of the legislators are shown drinking. Others had their feet kicked up on their desks. And one of them was seen eating fried chicken again show repeating that negative imagery and that image really solidified the way pe- white people thought of black people and fried chicken this is a, a quote from claire schmidt a professor at the university of missouri who studies race and folklore hmm. i really dug deep in this one yeah i like i got some some deep quotes yeah here. yeah um and it, again let's remind the audience that these are all all those portrayals of people were just white people white actors in blackface yes None of these are black people at all it was that movie we studied it in the history of racism it is yeah dark yeah it is dark yeah um you know so in around the 1960s 1970s black people try to reclaim this imagery in a, in a positive light and this is where we get the term soul food yeah mm. it's it's a really happened during the black power movement really trying to reclaim their culture and reclaim the their identity and so that's where we get the term soul food for things like fried chicken fried okra um collard greens it's just really going back to their heritage and, and really claiming that so fried chicken is really strongly associated with 
the cuisine of the South, and uh, rightfully so. That's where a strong population of slaves were, and a strong population of uh, where black people are. You guys ready to jump into KFC history? Yes, my oh. favorite, my favorite history. <laughs> The owner, as you guys know, is Colonel Harlan Sanders. Do you think he served in the army? I'm going to guess no. He did not. He got no. the title because he just did business very well. In 1929, he opened a service station on Route 25 in Corbin, Kentucky. And he had a small lunch counter to serve home-cooked food to travelers and expanded across the street. Um, and so this was his form of waiter carrier, but white. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So capitalizing off of like what black women would do mm-hmm. in order to sell. Yeah. Nice. Uh, he received the title of Colonel in 1936 by the Kentucky governor due to success of the business. Wow. Yikes. I want to do so well that someone calls me general. Like the governor yeah, of California just calls me general. I, should, I deserve You're that. general of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I deserve that. Um, and as you know, this restaurant kind of draws on that, that same imagery of, of uh, slavery especially with what Colonel Sanders is wearing, that plantation suit that we all see, that white suit, black tie. Mm-hmm. That was not his yeah. original that was not his original look. That was a look he leaned into. He dressed up for that. When was this again? 1929, 1936 wow. era. Um, the first restaurant didn't open until 1952. And which state do you guys think it opened in? This is just a fun fact again. Virginia. Sarah Louisiana. Guess. Oh, Utah. Oh, the Mormons, eh? Yeah, it was. Uh, it really <laughs> the, sell, selling the fried chicken during the Great Depression really helped him get gain a name for himself, and wow. so he opened a restaurant in Utah in 1952. Wow. Um, he actually sold the business off in 1964 to a group of investors, and he still stayed on just to keep his imagery uh, that can be used on just about everything wow that they have. i mean they use it in every commercial it's that yeah. that, that, that mm-hmm. guy he that, winks at you yeah it's actually really another fun fact one of the first restaurants to expand internationally the japanese people love kfc wow actually fun fact i had kfc in thailand that also made me sick <laughs> oh no <laughs> i don't trust KFC. it was in um for our weeb, our weeb viewers, it was uh, in Jujutsu Kaisen. The KFC was in the background. Was it really? Yeah. In one Which of the episode? Shots. I think one of the the newer episodes, maybe three oh, or four. I didn't know that. Season I, two. I got I got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, they. Uh, I think I had to rewatch. It was featured in an episode of Ugly Delicious with David uh, Chang. Yes. Yes. I remember. And then they go to. Yes. They went. It was a different country. I think they were in Japan. They yes. were because it's. During, I, I might be just speaking out of turn here, but during Christmas, it's like one of their biggest sellers is fried chicken. Mm. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as everyone knows, it's got 11 herbs and spices, but also it's, he was one of the first to switch from frying pan to pressure cooker. And this allowed the ki- chicken to cook faster. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, capitalize a, on the speed. As opposed to having to turn or rotate weight. Um, according to the internet, it's salt, pepper, but... The other ingredients are other nine ingredients are something that you can find in your everyone's like spices. Oh, pantry, spice, pan, yeah. spice pantry. Wow, because it's not very flavorful. As I rem- if I remember correctly, it's very peppery, and I really that's yes. what I enjoy about it. It's pep, it's pepperiness. Yes, but other than that, it's like. Meh. But but also now to go to the crunch and the actual fried aspect, I remember that KFC's a lot more um, flexible and less crunch 
versus Popeye is like you can hear. Oh yeah, that. I think it's the breading, honestly. Yeah. I think flexible my, or soggy. I think he means soggy. So- I, let, I let him roll with Whatever. that. You know what I meant. Well, it flex flex to your teeth crunch. You know? Yeah, it, there's no crunch. It's just yes, soggy. limp and soggy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's. But their biscuits are bomb. Uh, KFC. I will shout say out. I'll say KFC's biscuits yeah. are really. I good. I think yeah. sides are very important for fried chicken. It is. It's so part... like I feel like that should be determined in your raking as well, like mashed potatoes, mac and yeah. cheese. Popeye still wins. Yeah, that <laughs> mac and cheese you gave us is really it good. Was so good. Um, KFC changed their their fries recently. It used to be wedges, and I hate wedges. Oh, I fuck it's with some wedges. Now, it's now uh, like kind of like the traditional French fry that we see. Um, I'm interested to, to have these different cultured cultures of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope one day we can explore more of those, but I would oh, also be so interested many. in just eating those. Oh, yeah, we can always just do we that. Always eat. Do One of my thing. favorite things about the KFC Twitter account, sorry, X account. You get it right. Yeah. Is they follow all five Spice Girls and six random dudes named Herb. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> 11 herbs and spices. And that's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, uh, at the time when KFC opened as a fast food restaurant, they were one of the first to not sell hamburgers. Mm. They challenged the idea of being of hamburgers being a fast food item okay. being the only fast food item because yeah. the method of pressure cooking wow allowed them to cook it that much faster and that was my question actually going into this episode was are we just strictly talking fried chicken as like by itself or are we talking like fried chicken in a sandwich or are we just saving mm-hmm. that for another time i was doing fried chicken just in itself. by itself yeah fried chicken sandwiches i'd be interested to see when that der- like yeah, derived started. yeah like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich? Yeah, Nashville. Oh, no. Nash- Nashville hot chicken is a whole other beast. It is so, like, complex. I love yeah. it. I'm Food excited. complex? It was very complex. This is um, a great episode, Andrew. Thank you. Good job. Very, Good research. I'm very, happy I joined. Very uh, informational. Um, any final words that you can leave us with? Yeah, there are so many varieties of fried chicken out there. There's not just, you know the southern fried chicken that we all love and know uh there are three methods of frying chicken pan roasting it deep frying it and pressure cooking it uh we associate it with black culture so heavily is because an early rise to fried chicken there was the negative imagery associated with slaves and fried Mm -hmm. chicken to it Mm -hmm. uh the waiter carriers and the early i forget the early 1800s uh in gordonsville virginia really helped develop that concept of having fried chicken travel really well and that's why we see it served in buckets because they had everything in buckets and colonel sanders is just another culture cultural appropriation (laughs) and not a colonel and not a colonel (laughs) he's a colonel of corn he's a criminal and that's the end of the podcast (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys we appreciate it as always this um, personally is one of the episodes that I invested a lot of time in because I this is one of the inspirational topics that made me want to dive into this podcast this podcast specifically so thank you so much Um, thanks for listening thank you Sarah for coming and listening to Andrew with his splendid research Thank you so much for having me. I think what I'm taking away from today's uh, podcast, it just, 
it's important to know like where food comes from and the history around it so you can really respect it and appreciate it so thank you andrew for uh educating us all thank you and uh as always guys give us a like subscribe reviews just drop it in if it's less than five stars don't, yeah you don't say it anything. yourself yeah. uh food complex pod at gmail if you have any comments questions concerns suggestions too if you want something specifically researched we'd yes. be interested and as always guys grab a plate and fill up on some knowledge yum yum